0: And welcome back to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thank you so much for being with us for, believe it or not, episode number 59. Here on Cyber Monday, November 27th, 2017. I am Joe Morata. This is Michael Quinn. How you doing there, Michael? Howdy-doody. What's going on, man? Have a good Thanksgiving? Ah, yes. Hanging out with my uncle. Yeah, the the turkey was good. (laughs) Yeah. Your uncle was funny as usual. (laughs) Always is. And uh, folks, we hope you had a good Thanksgiving as well. Perhaps even a good Black Friday if you were off from work, Maybe you hopefully didn't go out shopping. Who does that? I know I was. <laughs> I was home too. Yeah. yeah. But if you're back to work today, hopefully we can help you pass the time as we talk about the world, the entire world, Quinn, of retro wrestling. Isn't that right, Michael? It's a big world. It is a big world out there. Folks, before we get to anything, we have a few administrative things. First of all, next week, December 4th, is our season six finale already wow that flew by six seasons six seasons in the in the hopper as they say in the can if you will
1: so we're entering season seven that's like the season where they're like we might cancel (laughs) exactly (laughs) unless you're the simpsons or something that's true
0: actually yeah Yeah. this is where we might jump the shark next season i'm not sure we'll have Fonzie (laughs) on the show Anyway, before we get to any of that, especially Fonzie, why don't you follow us on Twitter if you haven't yet at OVP
1: podcast. You can tweet at us, send us gifts, whatever. Yeah, it's, that, it's Twitter. That stuff. Well, now you have two hundred and forty characters, so you can send us more text and yes. more gifts. Yes. Can absolutely. you send two gifts in a tweet? Is that I don't allowed? Know. I don't I've never it tried. We but, should, it
0: should be allowed, actually. Yeah. Uh but speaking of characters, why don't you join our Facebook group if you haven't
1: yet? There's a cast of characters there. Yes, there is. And how do they get to that, Quinn? Well, you go on Facebook.web and then <laughs> the web over web. there you search for our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. When the search comes through, right, you hit join. Yes and you're in one of us will approve you yeah we'll approve you whoever sees it first you're in yes. you're, you're in yeah <laughs> and if you're like english or something we might be sleeping <laughs> when you do it so you might have to wait a couple hours a so.
0: <laughs> if you also want to you can email us at ovp at gmail.com that is ovp podcast at gmail.com we do take the emails and another thing is we are hosted right now on soundcloud we are not just for listening on soundcloud that would be silly you can go to any of your preferred podcast podcatcher
1: apps <laughs> including of course quinn apple podcasts yes apple podcasts we're over there you can hit the subscribe button yep when you hit the subscribe button the podcast just gets in your phone or device or anything it's science yeah it's science or something and then you'll have the podcast always and over there you can also leave a review that's right and we're going that's on it. this review contest yeah this is almost over it's almost it this, this is your the last, last week this is your last week your last chance i know marty's in the lead right now marty is in the lead as of Press time, yeah. this
0: This morning, you know, because we're yeah. live, obviously, right? And we would love to see those reviews. But when we're not just available there, obviously, there's a bunch of other podcatchers and stuff like that. Oh yeah, there's
1: Google Play Music. Yes, there is Stitcher. Yeah, Auto. Who cares? <laughs> blueberry. <laughs> yeah, and, Blueberry. Yeah, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Anywhere where podcasts yeah. are, At basically any place
0: where the podcasts live. Perfect. And another thing that you can do. I know we have a bunch of things. So we're trying to get through them here because we know. You're dying for that retro wrestling content. Yes, they are. We have a Patreon. We do. Mm Patreon.com slash OVP Podcast. And Quinn, what kind of
1: stuff is going on right now over there? Currently, there's a live review up. There will be another one coming December the 1st. Yep, a few days. A few days. We're going through 1982, March 1982. April 1982. May, like, we'll be doing it sequentially. With video. You can also see what that's all about before you uh, pay for it by uh, going over to our YouTube. And you can see the live reviews that we had done. In the uh, past, yeah. In the past. And yep. they, there's about five of them, and then, you know, the one after that, the sixth, is now up on the Patreon. Yep. And you can get access
0: to these new live reviews for only a donation of three dollars a month. Three dollars. That's it. And we have you know, we've said this in the past. We will never beg for your money and we will never charge you for something you're already getting for free.
1: Right. And I just want to let the patrons know. Um we're we're working on the little celebration thing. Uh we'll be having something about that soon.
0: Yes, very, very soon. And we apologize for the delay. And a couple of quick shout outs, friends of the show. Yes. If you will, we have the wrestling podcast about nothing. Those two clowns over there. Big clowns, (laughs) big bozos. Yeah. They host a great show. WPA and the wrestling podcast about nothing that is hosted by independent wrestling referee, Mike Crockett and independent wrestling superstar, the Kingpin Brian Melotus. They do a fun, little like one hour, forty five minute show, just a little fun romp through wrestling. It's something to listen to. It is. And another great thing to listen to is our little brother show, that little rascal. Yeah, that little Petey. <laughs> little Petey Winston. He hosts a terrific one man show. Probably the best one man show, I would say. In the biz in the business. The best hamburger in the Benness. And that is greetings from Allentown. That is available on the pro wrestling only feed of place 2 and on PD's own feed. hmm Is that it, Quinn? I think we're are we ready? We have a t-shirt. We do have a t-shirt. Yeah, we, actually. we have that. We have that if you want that. It's tspring.com slash O V P podcast. That is T E E Spring.com slash O V P podcast. Great little shirt you can wear or not. Yeah. You don't have to. Yeah. It's fine if you don't. Whatever you want. We won't be upset. Yeah. Alright, so we are doing A foundational series, Quinn, we have been since uh, episode number 51. And it's a foundational series for the modern era. We've been walking everyone through the pre-Hulkamania era. And we've crept along. You know, we've gone through the territories. We've gone through the birth of ECW and the rise of them. We've gone through the golden era. We've gone through the NWA's transformation into WCW. We've even gone through the AWA of Vern's house going up for sale and losing the company. (laughs) We have. And when we last left off last week, it was 1997. What a year. What a year. You know what was going on then? It was very strange, folks. WCW, World Championship Wrestling, Ted Turner's World Championship Wrestling. Was on top of the wrestling world.
1: Yes, it was. That's like very topsy turvy. (laughs) Yeah, considering where things were at the beginning here in
0: the narrative, if you will. Exactly, because Vince McMahon had been the one to kind of revolutionize the business in the early to mid '80s with the whole Hulkamania thing, and the way he merchandised things, and the way he monetized things, and the way he did syndication and went national.
1: Yeah, no shit. It seemed like he had pretty soundly defeated any opponents that he would ever have ever again. But as
0: the 80s became the 90s and the mid 90s came to a close and we were getting into the late 90s. 97. WCW now had Hulk Hogan, the NWO, and all
1: these compelling
0: characters and storylines. Yeah,
1: cruiserweights, yes. Just, just a lot of characters, a lot of programming. Oh yeah. Um, Thunder was on its way. Yeah. That would come in but, January I mean, we still of ninety eight. Saturday night and row
0: and nitro, of course. And the exciting two-hour live Monday nitro yeah. every week.
1: Professional wrestling!
0: The NWO angle was headlined, basically, by this on-again, off-again build of Hulk Hogan, the champion and the top villain, versus Sting, who hadn't wrestled since September of 96. Now, this was carried out on and off, you know, periodically throughout 97. Yes. And they were building towards a big match. But not only that, it had the mainstream appeal. Guys like Dennis Rodman and Carl Malone, like just various characters from
1: other mainstream sports. Yeah, a lot of people got involved along the way. You know, with the whole NWO angle in general. They said, come drive the NWO car. I said, I'm there, baby. Everyone knew what the NWO was. Your mom knew what the NWO was. Your dad knew what the NWO... There was NWO shirts in, like, regular stores. Yeah, and they were so popular to the
0: point where the NWO whether they were supposed to be heels or not, they were the biggest draw WCW had in 96, 97. I had
1: the biggest draw in all of wrestling in At general. that point,
0: yeah. yes. Now, in the WWF's land, up there in Stamford or New York, as they say in the business, Quinn, yeah. they had been quietly, and I mean quietly, fighting back after a very... Boring and uninspiring. Nineteen ninety six. And when I say that, I'm talking about guys like the goon. From the hockey rink to the World Wrestling Federation, the goon, ladies and gentlemen, T.L. Hopper. Because a lot of people are talking about, well, what kind of plumber? What kind of
1: what? How hard are y'all?
0: Yeah, your favorite, Quinn Alex the Pug Porto. Oh, the Pug! <laughs>
1: thrilling, just <laughs> thrilling television over here. Savio Vega, you know, he wasn't all that <laughs> yeah, bad, but yeah, but he, he, why he would stunk. You watch enough?
0: that, you know, yeah. and then of course, you know, world uh, title contender, the British Bulldog. Which, sorry, Davy, no business there, pal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's the Bulldog. <laughs> Come on, he's like an upper mid Carter <laughs> at best, at best. But they
0: were kind of coming back at the end of 1996 into 97, which Quinn loves to call. The pre-attitude era. You want to talk a little bit about that, Quinn? What started happening then? Well,
1: I like to call it the pre-attitude-attitude era because we start to get some attitude, believe it or not. Right. There's a really shitty Raw the week before the Pillman Got a Gun incident. Yeah. The next week on Raw, it's like night and day. All of a sudden, the program seems, like, different. Mm -hmm. It's a little edgier, Mm -hmm. and it all caps off the episode with an incident where Stone Cold Steve Austin... Goes to Brian Pillman's house, who Pillman had just gotten like ankle surgery. He was all fucked up, and all of a sudden, he like they keep going back and forth to him. It's like, what are you going to do, Brian? He's coming to your house. He's coming to your house, Mm -hmm. and Kevin Kelly's like peeing his pants in the background. I don't know what the hell is going on here. This is ridiculous. And basically, like it right before Stone Cold gets there, he like literally pull like just whips a gun out of nowhere. <laughs> Everyone starts screaming, and he he's like, I'm gonna kill you, I'm and gonna like, fucking kill yeah, him. Yeah. That's
0: actually what he says. Yeah, and
1: then Austin like barges in the door the next <laughs> second. Pillman like stands up out of his wheelchair, aims the gun, and then it just goes to fuzz. Terrible. All right.
0: Couple of points I want to make on that. I love that angle. Yeah. I know you do too, Quinn. A lot of people match himself. Dave Meltzer says it was like horrible, you know, and no one liked it because, you know, people did complain, what is this doing on my television? And I understand that. I like it from the point of view of this. If you sat through fucking 1996 (laughs) the way we did, that was exciting. I don't care about morals at this point. Something
1: happened. Exactly. a thing. It happened. This guy hates this guy, and he hurt him, and now he was coming to finish the job, but the other guy's packing. This is interesting television. I'm sorry, man. Whether you object to its
0: content or not, I'd much rather watch a guy with a gun trying to shoot another guy that fake diesel
1: yes okay exactly so let's get off our high horses here And the, about whole, that. the whole raw in general the reason why i think it's like a landmark for them the storytelling was incremental backstage well not really backstage at like pillman's house like Oh, they show Austin driving up mm-hmm. they clip away you know some more shit happens that's yeah. boring and then the next second they clip to Austin like in Pillman's driveway like beating up his friends and stuff one like, of those friends was Bruce Pritchard <laughs> which I need to say I bet you
0: Conrad Thompson
1: was somewhere nearby reading <laughs> yeah. The Observer to yeah. Bruce about it yeah probably so and then it, then you know at, I think there's one other clip where he's knocking on the door and then finally the last yeah. one at the end of the show where he breaks in it's just
0: incremental storytelling you're absolutely yeah. right in the midst of all these crap matches. Remember, that's the one thing to remember. Everything around that really sucks still. Yeah. That was just the it was first sign. starting to turn. Sign. But yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But here's a couple of other quick things, because uh, obviously we could be here all day talking about this subject. We love late 96 into 97. Yeah. A few other things that happened that really did help the product heat up is in the midst of this Austin Pillman thing this is November yep. of 96 Austin and Brett. And we talked about that last week at length, so we don't need to, but that Austin and Brett feud was, was brewing. Right. And that reinvigorated the company in a lot of ways. Yeah, And
1: it was actually insinuated by the whole Pillman thing. Say what? Yes. Because Pillman, you know, after that happened, he was going to produce bread or something. He like gave Bret Hart too much credit and Austin got yeah. mad. Yeah. Basically.
0: That's what happened. And okay. that's why he Pillmanized. Yes. Him. Yes. Well, there you have it. Austin versus the best there was, the best there is, and the best there was- hey, wait oh, a minute. Wow. What a cheap shot oh, by Austin. didn't want to hear that. Yeah, so, you have, so it, it branched off. That is my point, which was awesome. And meanwhile, there's all these <laughs> shades of gray, because not only does Austin not like Brett
1: and Austin's a heel, Austin doesn't like Davey and Owen, and they're also heels. Right. Austin but- doesn't like anyone. And that's unique. In the sphere of the WWF in 1996, you have to remember this year started off where it was still, you know, baby faces versus heels.
0: Razor Ramon was there, for as, example. As Vince you know?
1: McMahon once famously said, "Good guys versus bad guys." Exactly. Good guys versus bad guys.
0: It was very wrestly in the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It was still very traditional and cut and dried. Right now, I am sure that the NWO was a huge influence on the WWF turning into this direction in late 96 as was ECW right on both companies but you know what else was cool Quinn not only the brett Austin feud yeah Shawn Michaels loses to Sid which was huge
1: right and this starts turning Shawn yes. from the babyface uh, I I as a Shawn fan I hated that babyface run I think a lot of people did because it took like the venom out of him like he was such a dastardly heel Prior to winning the title. He was, and even as a face in ninety five,
0: yeah. Before the whole tell me a lie and the concussion angle and all that, he was still the same jerky Sean.
1: Right, and that's the Sean we loved, right? The the dickhead, yes. The dickhead.
0: (laughs) But you know something, Bammy Baby? the heartbreak kid's got a pretty lean
1: mean waistline himself you know he'd been on this prolonged run where they were trying to make him into this role model or something and it just didn't make any sense it didn't and the minute he loses the title to sid all of a sudden he's like a douchebag again and you're like thank god right
0: that's Brett the hitman heart the best is best sir was best sir i wouldn't think of going first no 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 are you kidding I'm not worthy to go first. A low life degenerate like me go first never. Because he fit right into the shades of gray. Because right. not only does Austin and Brett not like each other, now Sean and Brett don't like each other. They're both technically face. Right. Austin's a heel. The crowd likes all of them or doesn't like all of them. It's awesome. It's great. But now, as 1997 rolls on, right, and we continue on, WWF is still... Not being recognized for anything quality wise in the ratings. I mean, like the yeah. ratings do not reflect this. Nitro is killing Raw.
1: Yeah, I think throughout. Mick, yeah, I think Mick fully famously said in an interview, he's like, "We were doing good work in '97. Yeah. Nobody was really noticing." I mean, like that's true, and it's true. It's absolutely true.
0: Because not only that, we have the double turn of the Hart Austin feud at WrestleMania 13. Big, yeah. big, big, big. Because now Austin is a face. That's a big thing at a really bad show too. <laughs> I know that's a thing too. But now that kicks off the Hart Foundation feud a couple of weeks later. Right. Versus Austin. Yeah. Now, the Hart Foundation was unique in that it was Brett as a heel for the first time in 10 years almost. Yeah, it was weird. But only in the US. Right. And that was some of the best mic work, the best mic work he's ever done in his career.
1: Yeah, and I have to say the, um, the upswing, the turn to that all happening was very interesting because I think it started to establish the Vince Russo storytelling style that would be catapult the wwe back to where it was or wwf at the time yes absolutely right and and most notoriously there's the go-home show to wrestlemania 13 oh yeah um one of my favorites where basically like everyone just starts fighting each other
0: this is the show where bret hart is challenging sid yeah for the world title in a steel cage right So Austin is supposed to fight Brett already at WrestleMania. Yeah. Undertaker is supposed to challenge Sid for the title at WrestleMania. So those two guys have stakes in
1: this match. Right. Meaning Austin wants Brett to win, so he gets a WWF title shot. Undertaker obviously wants Sid to keep the title. So they're all interfering in this match. At the end
0: of it, you know, Brett winds up getting screwed by the Undertaker. Right. Because the Undertaker, of course, wants to face the champion. Yes. Brett gets on the mic and Vince is interviewing him. And of course, we've talked about this, but it never gets old. Yeah. Vince says, obviously, you're frustrated. Whoa! Frustrated isn't a goddamn word for it. This is bullshit. I oh, apologize. For you this the screw one. me. Everybody
1: screws me. And nobody does a goddamn thing about it. Nobody in the building cares. Nobody in the dressing room cares. So much goddamn injustice around here. I've had it up to here. I just... <laughs> so and good and that proceeds into the your stones are so cold austin right. starts getting on the he's like you're yeah, a loser yeah you ruined it like, <laughs> yeah basically uh, like, uh, <laughs> and then it, the undertaker and sid of course yeah and then sid just rolls on out and he's like i don't give a shit basically yeah. and like all it it, it, it Everything just falls apart. Everyone's fighting each other. And then Sean starts like dancing <laughs> like his dickily. way down. And he's supposed to be hurt or yeah, something. Swipe, so, Yeah. So like, an and like Vince man's like, hey, no, he's going to get hurt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's even like, there's even chaos with the backstage people because then like Pat Patterson gets punched in the face. And I like, just had Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. Right. <laughs> just hit Hall of Famer Pat Patterson. That dirty rotten son of a. And why? what I want to illustrate here is this is to me where that storytelling starts. Yes, This is like the establishment of yep. how stories are going to
0: be presented in the Attitude era. Absolutely right. So as 97 continues to roll on in the WWF, we have this fantastic Hart Foundation Stone Cold Steve Austin feud, capped off a Canadian stampede. You know, Fantastic that's paper. Yeah. Unbelievable. Meanwhile, around SummerSlam, Brett wins the title again from The Undertaker. Five times. Five times. Shawn Michaels now becomes a heel, forms DX, which we again, we've talked about about DX, but the importance of what it did for them in late '97 into '98 mm-hmm. cannot be understated. It helped give them credibility in a weird way as an edgy promotion. That's Madison Square Garden. That's May 19th, Madison Square Garden. That's you, Sean? And that—that's—that's that's Razor and, and Big Daddy, Cool Diesel. But who's that? Who? That's you, Triple A. Wait a minute,
1: hey, hang. You
0: were a bad guy. I was a good guy. You was a good guy. <laughs> Brilliant. Were, what are you doing? In Wait a minute!
1: DX, to me, was always a different animal than, say, uh, the NWO. I agree. Where the NWO was takeover, kind of... It was like, we're going to be the new authority, right? right? Like, and blah, blah, blah. The DX was about disruption. Yes. You know, and, and just being dicks just to like screw with authority. They didn't want authority. They were just messing with authority. Yeah,
0: they didn't want to take over the company. They just wanted to upset the company, you know, upset the apple cart. Because they were just tired of this boring old crap. And that's kind of blurring the lines too between kayfabe and real life honestly. Sean and Triple H and China, you know, really
1: did a lot of groundbreaking things in their own way yeah even the Rick Rude stuff was fun just having him there as kind of like the muscle like if they got in trouble (laughs) like Rick Rude's just in the background
0: Yep, and a few other things that happened around late 97 is the formation of the New Age Outlaws a new kind of like DX Junior team at the time yeah another two guys that had no right being in the position they were at to me
1: they're one of the best success stories of this era because they started you know this was Rockabilly and uh, you know hard on the go blah 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 yeah the roadie the roadie it <laughs> was the, the roadie and they stunk by themselves and like honky tonk man's involved and all this nonsense and then they just decide we're going to be a tag team now right. I remember their first match they just hit the headbangers with like a JVC kaboom, kaboom box, box which was one of the sponsors Yep. and to, from then they just they hit the ground running they just beat the shit out of everyone like the, the LOD went down to them and I love that obviously. I love that too because I hate LOD and they shave their heads like all this stuff they were great that was a great team absolutely was another perfect example of taking crap that stunk and like turning it into something that
0: was golden a few other quick success stories Glenn Jacobs as Kane This was fake Diesel before. This was Isaac Yankum. Mm -hmm. Now he's the Undertaker's brother. Yeah, in the midst of all... A lot of people forget that That was in late 97, too. Yeah, a lot of this was starting to come together. Vince steps away from the commentary booth in November, and we have the Montreal Screwjob. We don't need to get into that. Bottom line is what it did. It got Bret Hart out of the company, which he was heading out anyway. Yeah. It solidified Vince McMahon as a heel. Right. So now as 1997 becomes 1998... Vince McMahon now is one of the biggest heels in the company. He hasn't quite feuded with Austin yet. It's yeah. brewing.
1: Yeah. We also have another new heel. The Rock. The Rock came in in 96 I believe. And he was this big smiley baby <laughs> face yep. and, and no one gave a shit. Yep. You knew they were going to just push him just because he was related to like Peter, Johnson a, yeah. and all
0: this. And remember when The Rock's mom was the booker.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and nobody, but I can't exemplify <laughs> enough. Say what? Nobody gave a shit about this. No one cared. They were like, he's great, the blue chipper, and JR would like, just go on and on about, it. It what played, was the- play football at Miami, like, yeah, like all this bullshit, right? And he was just stupid. Yeah, like he, and he, and he I remember he fought the Sultan at WrestleMania oh, 30. It's like, he did. That was like a low for him. Yeah. So then, basically, as the year progresses, People start chanting, Die, Rocky, die. <laughs> yeah, Rock sucks, all this stuff. Or yep. Rocky sucks. Rocky sucks. And then he just turns that anger from the fans into an angle. It's awesome. He just says, Screw you. Yep. I'm the rock now. And then he joins the Nation of Domination, and he's great. And he's the rock. He's almost from the beginning of that heel turn. He's the rock that. He's funny. Yeah, he's the he's rock we all
0: know and love. Yep, but he slowly develops into one of the best things yeah. ever. So for the sake of brevity here, without going too overboard into what else WWF was doing, quick rapid-fire thing. Sable became a thing. Yes. and that was a big deal one of the first real diva i know they say sunny yeah. but sable
1: even more so well, and i don't Sa- like her sable but- was a bit of a branch off sunny yes so- uh, sunny kind of established that okay we can market women who are pretty in wrestling yes. which they just really they actually really never did i mean miss elizabeth but kind, kind of, of. <laughs> but sunny was like the sex appeal right yep but sable was like dial it up to 11 now yep with the sex appeal these go to 11 so yep. now we got guys beating the shit out of each other and we have sexy women yep. on the same program and they're basically marketing like a Howard Stern show type of wrestling to Absolutely. fight against WCW. They had their finger on
0: the pulse and people give him varying degrees of credit. I don't think he should get all of
1: it, but I don't think he should
0: get zero of it. And that would be Vince Russo. Yes. This was a lot
1: of this was driven by Russo. Russo. Yes. Looked around, he saw South Park. Like he saw, like I said, the Howard Stern show. Yeah, he he saw all these television shows. He saw MTV. Yeah, and, and he and he said the show needs to be like this. It needs to be like culture, right? It needs to be what popular culture is to be mainstream. Yep. And so whatever he, whoever he
0: worked with, and and whatever ideas he had, whatever worked worked because after WrestleMania fourteen, where Mike Tyson had been involved, Mike Tyson. Yeah. Okay. Austin's now the champion, and he's feuding with Vince McMahon, and that is what finally turns the tide for the
1: WWF in the ratings war. Yes, and and that was a great... Uh, capper, Austin winning the title yes. at 14. Huge. To the the slow build we had with Austin, kind of the lead of all of this. The, yes. The, the, the ultimate anti-authority character. Yes. The guy who you could break his neck and he didn't give a shit, he's gonna come beat up more people. Yes. Like, you know, and, and he went out throughout the whole year, just a slow build to this nobody doubted it anymore. It was just Austin should be the champion.
0: And he finally did. And his first big feud is with Vince McMahon himself. And what that did was ridiculous because that really captivated people's attention. It turned the tide finally. I mean, it was a, a back and forth in the ratings war throughout 1998. Now, real quick, before we wrap up on the WCW side of things throughout 1997 and 1998, the NWO angle went on the entire year in 97, WCW botched Starcade in a lot of people's eyes because yes. the main event did not deliver
1: okay? it, it, really a botched ending I think yes um, and the soured pin- a lot of what could have been great I mean if, if it, it really was done been. the way it was supposed to be it would have been it worked because like I said in that episode about the NWO yes. if Nick Patrick had just done the fast count the way it was supposed to be done it would have made complete sense because they were doing that the whole time
0: A lot of yeah there were a few things that they just did wrong however they remain highly competitive with WWF yes. throughout 98 with Christian Jericho right with when we've talked about him with their TV title division was awesome yes with the cruiserweights with the wolf pack really kept people's yeah, attention splitting
1: the NWO off was a good way to extend it exactly the NWO was getting a little stale okay let's make them two factions in the war and yep. people love that Yep, people love faction warfare in any wrestling promotion yep so while WWF might have finally taken the baton a
0: little bit further as 1998 rolled on throughout the summer and towards the end of the year WCW had one counter that kept them neck and neck back and Fourth with WWF and his name was Goldberg and we will talk about him next week because next week we talk about how these two companies that were neck and neck as 1998 rolled on how did we go from one of them still being in business and one of them is no longer with us <laughs> back after this
1: if you want me to whip his damn ass with one arm give me a hell yeah in this arena oh yeah I think they want to but can he you think Vince McMahon
0: can beat Stone Cold Steve Austin's ass with one arm tied behind <laughs> his back give me a hell yeah
1: hey well I think the look at Austin he's still got that grin on his face that'll be wiped off shortly Also with one hand tied behind him, the WWF title is on the
0: line. The challenger is the owner of this company, the George Steinbrenner of
1: wrestling. (laughs) Those were the days. Hi, this is Jameson. Remember (laughs) me? Yeah, me neither. You're listening to our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. It's the best.
0: And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Thanks so much for being with us here on Cyber Monday, November 27th, 2017, here on episode number 59, the last episode, Quim, before our finale. Yes, it is. What a way to go out. What a way. (laughs) Because it is time for Mount Rushmore and Death Valley, where each week we have put, and will continue to put, for the best of something, could be anything, on to Mount Rushmore and four of the worst go down into the desert of Death Valley. This week's pick is by a big fan of the show, Mr. Michael Quinn. <laughs> oh, I, I love this show. It's a good show. Um, <laughs> and Quinn and I like this topic. Quinn had a good idea. He wanted us to do the Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of
1: Wrestling Royalty. What do wow, you mean by that, Quinn? How majestic. <laughs> So, in the times of wrestling... In <laughs> yeah, the lands and times of wrestling. In the lands and times of wrestling, uh, sometimes there would be a king. Remember king? You remember king? Yeah. Sometimes there'd be princes. Sometimes. There'd be royalty, yes, let's there say. Was. There'd be squires. <laughs> there'd be lords. <laughs> there have been. Yeah. And, and I wanted to make a Mount Rushmore Death Valley of wrestling royalty. You know I'm totally fine with that. That's the thing. Yes, and... Like I said, with all these listings, I'm I'm actually going to count lords, squires, Fine. kings, queens, princes, princes. Okay, I'm totally for Earl. Earls, yes. Absolutely. Any of that nonsense
0: that can go into this? Fine with me. So you had the pick. I have the shtick. Is that correct? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> What's your shtick, Jerry
1: Lawler? The yes, King. Jerry the King has Lawler. to be number one in my opinion. I mean. Every not? king the WWF have ever made, like I just always felt like it was a rip-off of Jerry the King before yeah. they got even got him. Now was he the first king in wrestling? Do you know? I, I don't know. I probably think so, right? not. But he he's was the early. guy who
0: mid seventies.
1: Yeah, he's the guy who like the king can be a main eventer, like the king of wrestling. Right.
0: Like it's awesome. It is, and and I don't know, f- folks, and if you do, let us know. I also want to mention. Let us know your Mount Rushmore and Death Valley of this when the show oh, this, is over. this one's going to be really interesting, This will be a fun one. Yeah. Because we're not going to think of everything. Yeah, now. Obviously, King of the Ring winners would count. Right. I would say, though, Quinn, you know how they had those one-off King of the Ring tournaments? Yeah. Those shouldn't count unless the guy lived the gimmick. Like right. someone we'll get to. I don't yeah. want to say him yet. Okay. But we're on Jerry Lawler. I don't know if he was the first king because it's not like a hugely original concept if you think about no. it. But he was the first prominent one, right? Yes, yes. Or else we would know.
1: Yeah, we I, would know who it was if it was someone more. He's known as one of the best workers ever. Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. I mean, he's just known. He could he was one of the best baby faces ever he's one of the best heels ever he was just good at everything he did and not for match quality like no, no match you know but I but mean he could roll a crowd up.
0: yes ring psychology on exactly. either side like you said face or heel right. the king Jerry Lawler knew how to and his best work was way before WWF folks oh yeah way. if
1: you're if you're thinking of the sad shell <laughs> that is the king yeah. that is currently employed by the WWE that's not the king we're talking about here no 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 you know how the Von Eriks
0: were to Dallas yes he was that to Memphis right being loved yes like the fact that he ran for mayor he came in third place yeah if you want a safe clean community with good schools and people that care about one another remember me Jerry Lawler for mayor. Despite not being a politician? Right. It was just that people type love of, the king in Memphis, and and that's a credit to his career. Absolutely. And he parlayed that gimmick into the rest of his career, whether he went to AWA, he was mm-hmm. the king. When he went to WWF,
1: he was the king. He was always the king. He's still the king. He had mainstream success with the Andy Kaufman thing. He was on David Letterman. I mean... Uh, did you want get, to hurt him? Well, yeah. I thought I had to hurt him. <laughs>
0: That's another thing that he doesn't get enough credit for, He's, his part in that angle. I, I
1: can't say enough about the king. I think it's an easy, easy induction. Okay. He is the king of wrestling when I think of wrestling royalty.
0: Well said, Quinn. For number one, Jerry the King Lawler. Well, that's uh, number one there, Jerry the King Lawler. What do you got, Michael? Michael. Well, one that I always liked was uh, the Macho King, Randy Savage. Yeah, I do love the Macho King.
1: You are guilty not only of humiliating the Macho King in the Kingdom of the Madness, but you are triple guilty of gloating
0: over here. Explain the difference. Like, explain what happened to him in kayfabe from when he won that. Yeah. You know, because he beat Duggan for it in 89.
1: What changed about what he had been doing? So prior to this, he had had you know miss elizabeth and he was the macho man he was he was kind of a jerk to his girlfriend he was a jerk to everyone and you know he went through a face turn and you know it was just this consummate wrestler guy right yep and he was just awesome right and everyone loved him but then after he loses to hogan at the end of his face run Mm -hmm. he keeps going on and on (laughs) about how he's the best and it was a fluke and blah 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 right he gets the sensational sherry Awesome pairing. Yes. And and that's like his evil version of Miss Elizabeth. He dumps Miss Elizabeth, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And then after that, he takes part in facing Hacksaw Jim Duggan, who had just recently won the crown from Haku. And he kicks his ass and wins, right? (laughs) Yes, he does. He just beats him. It's awesome. I think on like Saturday Night's main event or something. I can't remember superstars or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. The next couple weeks, there's a coronation. (laughs) It's so good. Where all the heels in like 89 WWF are like in the ring. I now remove my mortar board and place it near my heart and thus proclaim you Macho King, Randy
0: Savage.
1: The Macho King. The genius reads, like, a poem (laughs) and all this bullshit. He does, you're right. And and Bobby the Brain's there, like, kissing his ass. (laughs) Like, basically every heel you can think of. And now he's the macho king. And he really lives up this gimmick, Joe. He does, you're right. He just acts like everyone's a peon, and he's the king. And Sensational Sherry is just... with with all of it I mean she's appearing on other like WWF programming as the queen and like they're they're just they keep pushing this king and queen thing and that they're better than everyone and they fight Dusty Rhodes the common man I, I I mean like it's awesome and I just to me that that is one of the best wrestling royalty gimmicks I've ever seen. I think you're right, and I think that not
0: only was Savage fucking hilarious as the Macho King, yeah. Sherry might also qualify as a contender here, right. as Queen on her Sherry. Own. Yeah. On her own. She was awesome, too. Um, I love Savage. I cannot deny that. Now, do you, What about Harley Race? Harley Race? King Harley Race was... He won the King of the Ring house show tournament in Massachusetts in July of 1986. And then played up the king gimmick throughout the rest of his wwf career Mm -hmm. into 89 believe it or not what do you think of king harley race what do i think of it yeah it sucked why is that
1: he looked like an idiot like it just they it was like oh this guy was the nwa champion we got nothing for him. Let's just make him the king. Fuck him. Like, it, was, it was stupid. Like he, and he would always like get embarrassed and he looked like a loser. I don't know why they did this.
0: Yeah, I know. I just like him. I I, I know. It's not gonna make Rush more. I understand.
1: The crown, the kingdom, to, to Haku. Haku! Well,
0: he didn't lose it to him. He vacated because Hogan injured him. I know, I know, I know.
1: That's how much people gave a shit about the crown at that point. (laughs) Okay. It took the Macho Man to, like, make it good again.
0: Tell you what, Macho Man was a good king. Yeah. That's a tough one to knock up. But Sherry,
1: too. Sensational Queen. When you talk about the best, you're talking about the Macho King. Better than the best. That's what I said. Tell them. Better than the best.
0: She's probably the best queen. Yeah, Sister she, Queen, Sister Queen, she's sensational. better than Charmel. Charmel was good. Charmel is the closest thing we ever got to like a good yeah, queen. She was very good, but Sherry's got to be the best queen, right? She's probably the best
1: queen. But here's the thing: is there's other kings of the ring. Yes. What else are you thinking, then? Well, I really like Bret Hart as the king, and I know he didn't live short. the gimmick. It was like two months. However, to me, it put wrestler. Mm. Like, the the wrestling aspect. Yeah. This guy is the king of the ring. He's not he's not like in a stupid crown and a robe and a scepter. Well, I mean, he was when he was coronated. For like a second. Yeah, for like a second. It, it, what it represented was this guy was the best wrestler in the company. Yeah, and that's, you're, right, and you're that's, right. It was a change and I like that. I like that about Brett's reign as king. Okay, I'll give you that. I would say his reign was too short. Yeah. I like Owen
0: Hart as the king of hearts because he kept it going for years. Well, Owen rubbed it in everyone's
1: faces. Get out of one, Nathan! To him, it wasn't about being the king of the WWF or the king of wrestling, it was about being the king of hearts specifically. He that's was true. the best heart.
0: And he was. That, that and that's and that that's, was his gimmick.
1: That was more important to him. Uh-huh. His character. I'm the king of hearts, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
0: But he was also the king of the ring, and he was a damn good king of the ring. Yes. Like he deserved it. He worked his ass off that tournament. He tried to he basically paralleled Brett. Yeah. Three good matches. Yep. Not one, his, two, three, kid. Yep. That was his crowning achievement. Decent against Tatanka, decent against Razor. Not bad. Yeah. And he was the star at King of the Ring 94.
1: <laughs> oh, how much does that guy weigh?
0: But he did he did play it up, which was really funny. Yes. I would probably have to agree. I think Macho Man is probably number two. Yes, Macho Man easily. I have no disagreement there. Yeah. And Sherry is still at the forefront of my mind, believe yeah, it or not, uh, as a I'll contender. i have to keep
1: Sherry in mind there.
0: Yeah. But okay, for... Number two, because he did it for two full years, also. Yeah, he kept it going.
1: And and he only lost it because of a career-ending match. Like it's not even like he lost the crown or anything.
0: No, when he came back
1: as a wrestler, he was just Macho Man again. Yeah,
0: but make no mistake about it, folks. From mid eighty nine until WrestleMania seven, he was not Macho Man, Randy Savage. Nope, he was Macho King. He was Macho King, Randy Savage. I'll put him on for number two, the Macho King, Randy Savage. All right. Michael, for number 3, what are
1: we You know, yeah, what, yeah, I I got one. Go ahead. I got one too. Go ahead. This is one I love yep. only because of his disgust for being the king of the ring. Oh, uh, who's that? Stone Cold Steve Austin. <sighs> yeah, you know what? That's I, fun. That's an interesting fun. one because the guy just wanted to, again, it's the wrestling aspect yeah. because to me, a king doesn't necessarily have to be oh, I'm the royal king sure. guy. It, it could be I'm the best in this company. And right. Austin's was about that. After he <laughs> mercilessly beats up Jake. Jake, he comes, he cuts the one of the best promos of all time, Austin 316. Yep.
0: Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass
1: damn it's like the, his kingship like established him as a force i know to be reckoned with and he looks like such a badass when he's coronated too you're right like it's so good it's true i was gonna say though in terms of royalty
0: lord Stephen regal aha yes i'm rather upset mr oakland my christmas is ruined being a fine sportsman and gentleman that i am when i am beaten i accept defeat graciously I do not
1: what is your, you're to whine and whinge about it. I mean, if you really want to play up the
0: snob thing. Oh, my God. Ah uh, man. Lord Steven Regal, folks, who we barely get to talk about here because he just never comes up in yeah. what we're talking about. WCW, like, 93, 94 through, through 97, 98. I love that
1: guy. Yeah, he is really a stellar wrestler, a stellar character. Awesome. He he took that whole lordship thing and he just rammed it down your throat. He came with a ridiculous jacket on (laughs) every week. He even had a squire in David Taylor and an Earl of, in, of Eaton. Yeah, and Robert Bobby, Eaton. Bobby yeah. Eaton. <laughs> the Earl of Eaton. That the was Earl really funny. He yep. had
0: like cronies. like yep. It was awesome. He also had Sir William Dundee earlier on oh, too. Yes, Bill yes. Dundee from yeah. USWA. Regal though here's the thing about him not only did he play it up like you said with the with the stupid attire the hand behind the back yeah which he would do his
1: entire career his entire by career. way. even after he was just like regular William yeah. Regal or whatever his weight was announced in stone yeah. which was awesome now that's also a guy it's interesting about him he won the King of the Ring later on, believe it or not. He so did, so he
0: actually double qualifies. Yeah, he double qualifies. Because he was actually King William Regal right. in 2008 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, like
1: later in his career. Yeah. It was kind of like the tail end of his co- wrestling career.
0: What are the fun all-round performers because he could wrestle. He was a hooker, you know, a shooter in the ring. He really yeah. could, like, he was a stretcher. Yeah,
1: there's an infamous match with Goldberg where he... Which I love. It's awesome. He, like, he basically Goldberg was thinking he was on top of the world, and Regal wanted to, uh, like, kind of embarrass him on Nitro, and he got fired for it. February but, 98, yeah. Yeah, it's it's a He brings Goldberg down. What a
0: freaking awesome underrated wrestler that excellent, guy is.
1: Excellent, excellent, excellent. Is he our number three? Ah, uh, can, really... can I put him beyond Bret Hart, though? In this
0: context, you can put him above Brett, and I'm the biggest Brett fan that you'll ever okay. meet. Because Brett was a great King of the Ring. Technically, yeah. he won the tournament. He lost it, Quinn. Don't forget to Jerry Lawler at SummerSlam. Well, there could only be one king. Mm-hmm. I mean, Brett. Brett's Brett. He's yeah. on a, a level that's you know above Regal's level as a wrestler, right, obviously. Right is an all-time great, but mm-hmm. in this specific context with wrestling royalty and all yeah. factors considered, Regal is untouchable. I mean, yeah, Regal
1: there. lived and breathed the his lordship and his, his royal highness in, in yeah. that. Yeah.
0: You want to put him on? Yeah, let's do it. I'm totally okay with it. So for number three, Lord Steven Regal.
1: Now, Joe, Go ahead. we've been highlighting the gimmick a lot over the wrestler right so i have to shoot this one at you sure go ahead his highness king booker he was great on this
0: most festive occasion your king has prepared the following statements first i'd like to thank my dear
1: queen for standing by my side with grace and beauty I mean, that guy... That was great. That guy took the gimmick in a time where it was not very popular to do something like that. He took it all the way to the world title. Now, that was what, 2006? 2007. Yeah, he yeah. went on for a while. He was
0: good, too. And he
1: he had a queen. Mm-hmm, was, uh, The whole thing, Joe, was... Mm. I, I, that. that I I haven't seen a guy live up that gimmick in quite a while. You know, you're right. And I have to really hand it to him for a guy that also was at the end of his career Mm -hmm. right in the ring wise. Yeah. He took something that should have sucked. Probably something that was probably meant to, like, wind him down. Like, that was kind of the idea. Yeah, probably and he was just so damn funny he was. like as the king yeah that he was like the most popular guy on smackdown at the time like it, it really worked hmm. i have to hand it
0: to him i can't disagree with you that was really good and he was one that i was going to nominate as right. well yeah however back to the whole royalty aspect not a king yeah lord alfred hayes
1: lord alfred hayes hmm
0: we didn't want to hurt any little midget
1: We didn't want to take them and strike them. It wasn't our fault. It was his.
0: He was never not that. You know what I mean? He used to be Judo Al Hayes in
1: like the 70s. But once he became Lord, he was Lord. Here's my problem with his Lordship is that we we (laughs) never, I don't really think of him. I know he wrestled, but like really like <laughs> okay like he's just I that know. goof like
0: oh sean, yeah, like, with, sean yeah, with
1: sean mooney and like that guy at wrestlemania one <laughs> where he's like well oh, all nervous matches, he's got the, he's got he's <laughs> got the book in front of him and all that now having the privilege of opening wrestlemania are two
0: super wrestlers you know what this is what i think of what i think of warren alfred is <laughs> yes. The ceremonial salt, the guy. ceremonial salt.
1: Yes, axes eyes are closed. No, he, he can't, can't open, open them. Now. Yeah, that. Okay. they. That, that, I mean, it doesn't touch King Booker. It doesn't touch any of the stuff we You're mentioned. Right. Like, okay,
0: as much as I love them. Well then, for me, it's between Sherry Martell, Queen
1: Sherry, yes, Queen Sherry, and, and King Booker. For me, anyone else? <sighs> mm. I can't think of anybody that I think is better. I can't think of anyone either. Um, I, it's gonna be it's a tough thing because I love Sherry. I, I like I like her a lot. Me too. We did a whole tribute to Sherry yes. way
0: early on. You can find the uh, the segment standalone on our YouTube channel. Yeah, actually,
1: and I and this is the thing though, it's that I I feel like it would be almost an injustice. To ignore Booker because yeah. he did it later, because he really it lived fun, the gimmick, and it was f- it was so fun because they would get all ghetto and yeah, like, the, the whole like uh, that they they would switch because Booker T's character was the opposite of that prior to, so it was very it was funny, it was very interesting, and like tongue in cheek, yeah, it wasn't meant to be serious. Yes, it was just goofy it was fun like he was just funny i i don't know like he could play for laughs but he could also play it like no i'm a good wrestler i'm the world champion like screw you like i'll fight john cena or some shit sure and he even had a gaggle of idiots with him like fit finley (laughs) like like all that bullshit
0: i'm okay with putting booker on as number four yeah King Booker was fun in an era where I wasn't totally enamored with the product. Yeah, that was one of the bright spots. I did like him. Yeah, and I'm not like Mr. Booker T. Yeah. I liked him a lot in WCW mm-hmm. and he could have been a lot better in WDF if not for certain things yeah. that happened at yeah. WrestleMania 19. Yeah. But man, that King Booker stuff with Charmelle too playing it up. Yeah.
1: Booker! Yeah, you know, like all that? King Booker! <laughs> and Charmelle even, like, I love that Charmelle wore the clothes, yeah. the crown. The horrible the, British she accents. Did, she did what Sherry did yeah. and it was perfect. Like, okay. yeah, it, it, the whole thing worked. Okay, so for number four, yeah,
0: King Booker well to recap for donnie because no one's told us to stop here we go now now chuck mess is gonna tell us stop we have jerry the king lawler for number one macho king randy savage for number two lord steven regal for number three and king booker for number four that is our mount rushmore of wrestling royalty at any time Let us know yours. You can do that by tweeting at us at OVP podcast. Email us or simply go to the group and let us know what you think. Quinn, I picked
1: the first of the best. You get to pick the first of the worst. First of the worst? This might be a controversial one. This guy not only won the king of the ring. Okay. He also claims to be the king of kings. (laughs) And I can't stand all of it. And that would be Triple H. Tell me why. (laughs) Because, okay, he says he's the king of kings right he's he's the lord of lords the master of his domain blah 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 blah, uh, married to the owner's daughter all this bullshit right but no one in their right mind would consider triple h the king of kings if it came down to like in the entirety of all wrestling because that's like what he says (laughs) like he truly thinks in his brain that he is the man, and that's, and there's no equal to him. Wow. And it's bullshit, Joe. It's like, it's annoying. It's hard annoying. to disagree with you. Now, I do
0: like, for the record, Triple H as a wrestler. I have no problem with his wrestling, however. He's great. King of
1: kings, Joe.
0: What they have done, and you said it, I think, uh, when we were talking about feuds, they tried to make him like Ric Flair for a period of
1: time. Yeah, and that didn't or, work. Or Harley Race. And now he's the king. He won the king of the ring also. Yeah, and So he is a double he qualifier. Did. He won in 97. But he comes out every WrestleMania still with like this skull crown and like a throne and like handmaids and all this horse shit. Yeah. And it's, handmaids. it's, crap. Like remember when he had like the Terminator, but he still had the crown. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Why is he the King? He's the King of nothing. <laughs> he never was ever considered like the Lord and master of wrestling <laughs> ever. Is he worse than King Mabel? I, I know. I know it, good pickings. It, right? I, I know. I know this might sound like ridiculous, but mm-hmm. I would only say that he's worse because of like you can tell he believes this shit. Like, I mean, do you really think he he
0: Paul Levesque believes it, or he the character Triple H believes it? Both. Quinn? I think you really do. Huh? I don't.
1: I think he does truly think in his mind sometimes that he's the best wrestler to ever exist. You really think so? Outside of Ric Flair, I don't think
0: do you. Do you really think he does, or do you
1: think that that's just how he's portrayed? I think he does only because. He's just had so many people yes-men around him for so long at this point. I, I just... I That's what
0: happens when you marry the owner's daughter. Right. Yeah. Right.
1: And so many people tell him that he's the best ever. You think he, he's, drink, he's drank his own Kool-Aid? Uh, he's a little humble. He is. That's but, the thing. He but, is. However, I just think He's that a good guy. I th- He's a good guy. And I really I, do. I don't have a problem with him, the person. I just... I think he does truly think his wrestling abilities grant him the title of king of kings i think that he lives that gimmick a little bit
0: maybe you might be right i think mabel's worse though quinn
1: no mabel's like horrible i mean you're that but, was the disappointment yeah, the, the 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 thing factor. with mabel the, the it's the disappointment factor that's so great with triple h which is something that seems to follow triple h a lot in these round, yeah. round rushmore and death valleys it's this he's not as good as he it's says yeah. he is. Yeah, it's it's just like a Jeff Jarrett thing. He's not as good as he says he is.
0: Yeah, and and the thing is, is Jeff Jarrett is a lot worse than Triple H, obviously. Right. But the way that whether Triple H is doing it himself or not, who cares, right? The way it is portrayed mm-hmm. by whomever, Vince, Stephanie, Triple H himself, is that Triple H is on a level with guys like Flair Dory Funk Jr. Stone Cold, Jack the, Briscoe, the yeah, like everyone. Yeah. Hulk Hogan. Nick Foley's better than him.
1: I'm not kidding.
0: Like overall, probably. Yes. I mean, not as a technical wrestler, but in and that's a lot the man of that. that made him. Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels are better than Triple H.
1: Right. They and are I, I, we're going in a bit of a rant. I know, sorry, but, sorry. But it does matter here because his King of Kings title is predicated on that. And that's why I have to say he's like the worst. I wasn't thinking
0: him at all, to be honest with you. Okay. But I'm not saying that you're wrong. Yeah, I'm I, I'm not. Okay.
1: then. But is he the worst? He's not the worst okay. king. I mean, okay. Mabel is like the worst king.
0: I would have to say Mabel. And here's why folks during a year where something else would have been better. And by something else I mean anything else Would have been better Shawn Michaels
1: Undertaker yeah. Razor Ramon Well I, Razor was injured I, I could never see The Undertaker being the king But Aye. Maybe Razor Ramon Because he always has gold on Nah it would have worked Look at this Led
0: What? Mabel, like, yeah. why? why? Why did that have
1: to be the thing? And then he was like all fat about it. It was terrible. <laughs> but you know what? Yeah, he's maybe the worst. But there's a couple of other worsts, like Billy Gunn. Oh, I'll put him on right now. Tell the, me why. Well, and well, I'll can, we, can we? Yes, we can. But first of all, let's get Mabel in because I do think I don't. He's worse. I, this is this is kind of like I think it's insulting to Billy Gunn uh, to to call him.
0: Mabel's a better wrestler than Billy Gunn. Mm. I think I so. I don't, it's think so. I, I, I don't think so. Maybe I don't think so. Not at all. Uh, Mabel was a big fat disappointment. Yeah, he, he was he, on a mission to make wrestling shitty for the second half of '95. Just enough. He's in. He's all in. All right. For number one, Mabel.
1: Die die
0: die! It's damn right. Okay, okay Mabel's so, on. So now on to Billy Gunn. He was never going
1: to be anything other than a semi-decent tag wrestler. Yes, ever. Although when he won the King of the Ring, there was a little bit of hope. We thought maybe.
0: I didn't, even as a 13-year-old. Now, f- background real quick, in case you're not as familiar, Billy Gunn won the King of the Ring tournament in 1999. Now, Billy Gunn, we had mentioned earlier in our first segment, had made his name finally, like an actual name for himself, as one half of the New Age outlaws with the right. Road Dogg. Road Dogg is the actual very good wrestler good. and actual charismatic person yeah, he's a, I, in I, I the know, team. I
1: he's a great worker, great, great actor, worker, great all
0: around. Great talker. Yeah. Billy Gunn was... About as good as Jeff Jarrett. Right. Maybe worse than Jeff Jarrett.
1: It seems I've had an allergic reaction to this herbal ass treatment. Yeah, Billy Gunn is a bad king. King. Like, what about Duggan? King Duggan, folks. I'll say this about Duggan. I think, um, f- at the time, I think fans liked it because it was the idea of, like, Duggan's, like, the big slob, but it was, like, funny to them that, like, he would be the king. So I think he lived up to what he was i, I don't know how, how else to put it it was ironically funny in a yeah. way okay yeah okay. It, okay. It, it was it, it was meant to do a thing and it did it and it passed it to macho man like that's really all it was fair enough he was a transitional king yeah <laughs> he was and the same could be said about haku haku
0: was okay because he was it was the he was boring because he yeah. didn't talk for himself yeah and that i think is one of the qualities like heman did all his talking for him right Where a savage talked, you know, all these other guys talked, Mm -hmm. race could talk. I'll put Billy Gunn on. Because what the reason he won the King of the Ring in ninety nine, which is a horrible year, by the way, and we'll talk about that next week. Was to try to get him. You know, into a singles push. It was to propel him. That that was exactly what it was. It was a vehicle. And he had this yeah, it was. And this vehicle crashed at SummerSlam ninety nine because he <laughs> fought the Rock in the second to last match. The Rock lowered yeah. himself. <laughs> to fight the one. Yeah, the Mr. Ass at this period. It's yeah. King Ass. Which he was. He lives up to that name. That was ass. <laughs> that that should say it enough. You wanna you wanna yeah. formally you can do the induction.
1: His Royal Highness King Ass. <laughs>
0: His Royal Highness.
1: <Heine. laughs> Die, die, die. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so we've got Mabel on the ass man in there. What about this one? Ken yeah. Shamrock. Yeah, that was stupid. And yeah. here's the reason why. Because if, if Triple H winning in 97 was like,
1: okay, fine, he won the King of the Ring. Yeah, because he was supposed to win it the when year Austin before, won yeah. it. That was like the <laughs> That's funny. the the these backsies King of the Ring. It was.
0: Yeah. Shamrock winning in 98 was like, why do we still have the King of the Ring tournament? <laughs> it was like, the honestly, like yeah. Gunn won it the next year. It to learned, say it's grueling or... something the best part of shamrock when this is the highlight of shamrock's tenure as king his reign i guess you would say and i don't know if anyone remembers this it was either the night after or like a couple of weeks after king of the ring on raw mabel came back oh yes fight him (laughs) he was like all mad
1: it was was a bunch of kings like previous kings yes and
0: mabel was in his yeah triple h fought him too the same night you're right mabel was in his king mabel gear Right. Which was weird. It wasn't Viscery yet. That was later. Tonight, it's King Mabel attacking Ken Shamrock from nowhere. He came after one appearance as Mabel and fought Ken Shamrock, which was so freaking weird. It was really bizarre. That's the best thing that Shamrock did as king, though. So yeah. I don't know if that really qualifies as good. Here's a weird one, too. Remember yeah. this one? Edge. King Edge the Awesome. That yeah. Now, that was a 01 when literally no one gave a shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, the invasion is going on, and meanwhile, yeah. we have King of the Ring. Ra- like, who cares? <laughs> yeah. Literally, I absolutely mean it. Who cares?
1: Who cares? Exactly. Thank you, Gorilla. Uh-huh. Wait, does that count, though? Because, I mean, I wouldn't say it was, like, the worst King of the Ring or anything. He just, it was in a time where the King of the Ring didn't matter. I know. No, you're right. You're right. So, like, I don't know what the qualifier is there. What about,
0: no, oh, that's a little too new, but remember when they went from Bad News Barrett to King oh, Barrett? Oh, my
1: God. Remember when they ruined Barrett? Yes. Oh, I know it's new. It's but newer. That, that's it's a few like, years ago. It's just another example of, like, ruining the King of the Ring. Now, Bad News Barrow was awesome. Yeah. These pathetic attempts to rekindle your glory years will prove fruitile. And your futures, they are doomed to anonymity.
0: We loved Bad News Barrow. Because it was just
1: a simple, stupid. stupid gimmick where he went on and like he just <laughs> he just said <laughs> dumb shit and he's like, I'm Bad News Barrow. <laughs> and, and everyone laughed. And he was on like a podium or something <laughs> and it got
0: obnoxiously high like at one kept point getting higher every week he <laughs> was it,
1: really good and it
0: was funny and people liked him N- then he fu- and, then, and he, the whole reason that he did that is because he was injured right so he wasn't wrestling yeah, they did
1: in Austin to him they got yeah. him over
0: they kept him on screen he gets over people start to cheer it when he comes back as a wrestler they're like you know what fuck all that you're yeah. a king now what the fuck because he's English
1: like that's seriously yeah. why they did that
0: it is that's why stupid that one pisses me off to the point where I like I want to put it on I'm serious I,
1: I do too because I think it it's what lower if it finally it's like the blow to the king of the ring they kept trying to bring it back yeah but fe- like after that it's like oh wait jobbers can win king of the ring yeah like it's like F this so for number three yeah wade barrett
0: 2015's king of the ring i'll do
1: <laughs> so it lo- soon but it's it it just sucked and it, it, it killed his career
0: it did and then he was in the justice league what was it called the league of nations remember that and then he left he's like this sucks
1: yeah he just left the company <laughs> <For> number three <laughs> Wade Barrett Die, die, die <laughs> There's also King Seamus If
0: you recall Yeah You know what I'll be honest with you That was 2010 I wasn't watching as much <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I Whatever Yeah, who gives a Sheamus shit Seamus sucks no matter what So that was like, now he's good To me that was less
1: offensive For some reason You know what's funny Is now Seamus is good after yeah. like all those years, they finally figured out. <laughs> yeah. Like Billy Gunn, they finally figured out he's a good tag wrestler. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, just keep him in the tag team. Yeah. He's he's fine. Yeah, just let him do his thing there. Uh, it looks like Triple H is the main contender. Unless we can think of some other royalty that's pretty bad. Um, not that Lord I- Littlebrook. <laughs>
1: stop <laughs> he's he, he's he's too short to make this list i think is there anyone else i mean i'm i'm totally okay with it's, putting on triple h the king I, of kings. I gotta put the king of kings because again it's just it's that the reason he calls himself that is the like reason he belongs on here because it's just a fucking lie right and, it, and it's not and it's not like you know a lot of wrestling like peels lie right yes but this is like a thing that's bigger than that it's it's to it, it. it's almost saying to the business like he's the best wrestler ever like mm. if there's there's some kind of like i just always thought there's like an undercurrent to it like hmm. that they're trying to say like triple h was the best wrestler to ever exist and that's why he's the king of kings
0: there is one more that i can think of though michael before yeah. we put him on <laughs> oh god prince ikea and the reason he's Prince Ikea... Yeah, I get it, is because he's the son, in real life, of King Curtis, who's no charm in his own right. King Curtis Ikea, the master. You might know yes. him from The Master. Yeah. Eat shit, my son. <laughs> Eat shit, my son. <laughs> Eat shit,
1: my son. That was his son. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's who he was really talking to. So, Prince Ikea was... You thought Rocky Maivia was bad. Yeah. No. Well. Okay. He's worse. I have to defend him for one what? second. You're the only person to ever do that. When he was um in the TV division, because this this I'll tell you what the TV division, the TV title division, whatever it is, <laughs> I know or whatever what it is. you call it. Funny. Dick he Van Dyke was. Show he on was there? a good worker. Like to be honest with you, it's only when you're I don't think rem- so. no you're remembering the artist formerly no! known as Prince. No, or whatever. no, I'm I'm remembering. You f- thought he was shitty. I thought he was decent. I I, I didn't think he was like the worst thing ever. Man. And they never like acted man. like Joe. He wasn't. Oh, they man. didn't act like he was the king and good at wrestling. No, was right? a prince. Yeah, because his dad was a king. So well, th- King th- th- Curtis sucked. <laughs> yeah. Well, can I'm put just him on. Ice what Man about King Parsons? Mo- yeah, can we put him on? Does he count? <laughs> I don't. Know. Did he, I think that's just because his his stupid hair was cut out like a crown. What is his hair? Yeah,
0: it's so stupid. <laughs> I, I don't know what else. It looks like he spilled like nair on his
1: head. <laughs> yeah, like that hair removal <laughs> yes. shit. Yeah. King part. What about Moondog King? <laughs> Stop. just no. That's not even a thing. All right. Fine. Fine. Yeah, I can't. In Triple good, H. Pa- yeah, Triple H because is- it just never made sense. Like I get he was the king of the ring too, and that wasn't that wasn't good. spectacular either. The best Triple H ever
0: did, honestly, was the 2000 run.
1: Yeah, and his, was his feud wh- with Nick Foley. <laughs> yeah, that's like what he did that was good. Yeah, and now <laughs> he's the King of Kings, the greatest wrestler to ever exist. And that's why he belongs in the Death Valley of Wrestling Royalty. <laughs> there's, there's Ric Flair, and then there's Triple H. It's bullshit. Huh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> For number four, the King of Kings. Die, die, die. <laughs> It's fine, Quinn. I'm fine with it. Yeah. So our Death Valley is King Mabel, which no argument there, I think, from anybody. Yeah. King Ass.
1: <laughs> His royal highness.
0: <laughs> Wade Barrett, which that's just disappointing because yeah. he he's talented. Yeah, it's bullshit. And Triple H. And that is our Death Valley of wrestling royalty. Folks, continue to send your suggestions to our suggestion box. You can find that on ovppodcast.com. We do... <laughs> want your suggestions we don't use them every single week but please continue to send your suggestions for reviews for Rushmore for anything else but Quinn when we come back we are reviewing something back after this you say you like cheese you say you like flame broiling you say you like free have I got a deal for you This place! Woo! If you come into Burger King right now and order this flame broiled double cheeseburger at the regular price, get the second one free. Means no money, no charge, nada. You like it? You are going for it? Flame broiled and free. Can't get it here. You can get it here. It's flame broiled, it's delicious, and the second one is absolutely free. Oh my goodness, there it is. Ooh, it's your way right away. It's free.
1: I love this place.
0: Hey, it's Sean Mooney. I may no longer be in the event center, but if I was, I'd be talking about our Vantage Point Retro Wrestling Podcast. All right, boys, let's get to it. And welcome back, wrestling fans, to our Vantage Point the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, We thank you for being with us here for episode number 59, Quinn we have watched a lot of wrestling
1: yes we have this was not good (laughs) we just put it that way flat out saying it might uh, i hate that i have to keep saying this but this might be the worst thing i've ever seen like actually the worst this might be the worst thing what's interesting
0: is several several episodes back many seasons ago quinn we happily did a review of this promotion uh this was not you know a difficult thing to do back then during episode 10. And what this is, is the (laughs) UWF, the Herb Abrams, UWF, Herbie himself, Herbie, Fury Hour, and this was a request, believe it or not. Thank you, Brian J. Rochester. Thank for, you. For making us
1: do this. And I was all on board. I was like, yeah, because this was great, Quinn. I Last didn't... time, remember how uh, great it was? Yeah, and you had said you wanted to do this for a couple weeks now, and I was like, I'm not sure. I, I like, I had a bad feeling. and This is why I, I should have listened to you. Yeah, I think it was justified. <laughs> and I think this needs to be said before we get into this whole thing is the circumstances of Herbie's demise and and his lifestyle (laughs) have a lot to do with how this show pans out. So in 1990, Herb Abrams,
0: a uh, quirky fellow there, very eccentric man, he formed a wrestling federation. Now, he used the name Universal Wrestling Federation, which had previously been used by Bill Watts when he changed Mid-South to the UWF in the 80s.
1: Already, like, confusing
0: and stupid. Yeah, and I'm sure he did it because he could, because it had some name value. Not much, but it had some. Right. So this promotion operated from 1990 until somehow... 1996. I don't even... Did they have TV at that point? I don't know. But in the summer, in June, I believe, of 1996, Herbie, who, like we said, very eccentric fellow, he was found um, with cocaine all over himself and I believe Vaseline naked, swinging a baseball bat. (laughs) (laughs) He then had a heart attack after he was arrested. (laughs) Right. So this is the type of thing we're dealing with here. You might say Herbie fully loaded.
1: (laughs) Just knowing that should help you understand the the type of thing here. What we're about to explore here, let's put it that way. Now,
0: way back when we reviewed episode number 10 of the UWF Fury Hour, we um we were okay with it. Yeah, we encountered a fun. more professional Herb Abrams. A more professional production. Yeah. Uh, wrestling matches, <laughs> yes. I would say. <laughs> Actual wrestling, yes. <laughs> Crowds that were at least like, they were probably drunken because I think it was in a casino,
1: Yeah, but at least they were into it. Camera angles that made sense. Right! <laughs> you know, normal
0: stuff you would expect from a wrestling promotion. No, not this. First of all, we get this really old school intro, like the Song, the
1: clips yeah got guys like dr death and nikita koloff in right in like black and white like fading in and out but not all the way faded in like right. you can barely make out transparent the, yeah it's really weird and uh, we get like a fake vince mcmahon yelling the uwf fury hour it's real universe is watching or something i don't know the universal wrestling
0: Federation. We are hosted, not by Herb himself, see he had done the first like slew of shows, maybe the first 10, 15 episodes, no, 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 we've upgraded folks, Mm -hmm. to Craig DeGeorge, hi once again everybody, I'm Craig DeGeorge, and Bruno
1: Sammartino, no, no, just no, Craig DeGeorge, okay, Craig DeGeorge, let's start with him first, go ahead, this guy is one of the worst things sorry Craig, you are, you sucked, okay, and I'll tell you why, If you recall to his days back in the World Wrestling Federation, which I can't even believe they signed him to begin with, (laughs) based on his performance, Uh. he... Was one of the worst announcers ever to the point where they paired him with like 50 different people to try to like, Salvage okay, yeah, a vet, maybe he, maybe it's just the chemistry. They all were horrible and they just fired him. That's and right. And they
0: got Sean Mooney. You want to make fun of Sean Mooney. Listen to Craig DeGeorge. Yeah. Much worse on every level. Still not good here. all After
1: all these years. Right. Still and, sucks. And secondly, let's talk about Bruno for a second. Yeah, Bruno let's. makes zero sense in like 1991 or whenever the hell this is. Mm -hmm. Like, he's still talking about good condition and like, I feel like it's 1985 but it's 1991. Yeah. And those are two very different times. And
0: Bruno was never a good announcer to begin with. No,
1: he never was. He He never was. was. He was like there as the courtesy.
0: Yeah. And we're also um, joined by Captain Lou Albano who calls himself fat and rambles on and on. And
1: it always upsets me, like I say, because he should have just had lifetime employment considering he like basically, like, got the WWF over.
0: I know. We get a promo for Beach Brawl. It already Mm -hmm. happened. So this is the thing with the date we want to mention real quick. We don't know the exact date. I can't find that. I put like three minutes of effort in trying to find the date. All I do know is that since it's after Beach Brawl, Beach Brawl was June of 91. So it's definitely after June of 91. But since Bruno is still there, it's before like the end of the summer. That's about all we know. Okay, yeah. Maybe like August-ish. Maybe-ish, yeah. Yeah, We can't tell for sure. And it wasn't even at a beach, by the way. They show clips. It's like in a dark like hall. (laughs) It's like in the same bullshit (laughs) hall that this is. And if you want, you can pay $119.70. What the hell? That's a huge price. For the complete best of the UWF6
1: cassette VHS tape set. Well, with the additional beach brawl like included. (sighs) Yes. What is that with inflation? That's probably like 500 bucks or something. Yeah, probably. And you can
0: also get a picture of Steve Williams. Great. Can you always want that, Dr. Death?
1: I I really want to spend $500 on that. (laughs)
0: Uh, You know what? While you're at it, why don't you call 1-900-HOT-BRUNO?
1: Hot Bruno. (laughs) Bruno. The number again is 1-900-HOT-BRUNO. Are they serious with that number? (laughs) Like, Hot Bruno? It's only $2 per minute, Quinn. That's obscene. (laughs) (laughs) You can also, if you want, get the official beach brawl program for $5. (sighs) When you see stuff like this, yeah. this is like the very definition of like, we're not making any money. Oh, we yeah. We need to like shove this crap down your throat. Sure. And please buy it, please.
0: Now, that was a, enough wrestling, so let's go to commercial here. So some jerk <laughs> uses Pert Plus. An old guy uses Charles Schwab. Yeah. World with, Championship Kickboxing.
1: First of all, with the Pert, I loved Pert Plus. Yeah. It was pretty good. Second of all, the Charles Schwab guy, he's got like, he's like, I rely on my daughter. She's like, like 50. She's like 50. Yeah, like, it. what? What is Charles Schwab do exactly. It's just a broker. It's you can buy stocks with it and, and have like insurance and Look, things like 401k's. Like. I'm 32 years old and I'm
0: not going to lie, I still don't understand all that bullshit it's just like, and I don't want to. It
1: just helps with business yeah, and great. your retirement and everything.
0: I just always it's it mahogany and like gray suits <laughs> and I can't get into that world. Every day I tell my daughter, think long term. Make your own decisions. Be your own man. There's also, Quinn, because this is on Sports Channel America, which no one remembers, and if you yeah. do, you know that it sucked. <laughs> There's the Irish Sports Cavalcade is coming, you know, rugby. Get ready, everyone. But, check your local listings for the day and time.
1: Now, they can't even tell you this shit. <laughs> How do they not know? It's their channel. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna look in the TV guide. Just that was their job. That was the only job of this advertisement, and they can't even tell me when it's on. Nope. Ridiculous.
0: 1-900 Lou for you. That's right. You can talk to Lou Albano or listen to Lou Albano yeah. or why How would I want- numbers do we have here for the UWF alone there's more to come too so now we get our first match unfortunately it is uh (laughs) oh god (laughs) Mohammed the
1: butcher (laughs) not Abdullah
0: (laughs) with a fake Jimmy Hart oh god
1: Mohammed the butcher is dressed just like Abdullah the butcher he's somehow more disgusting he is absolutely disgusting and I ask you did we need another butcher? We didn't even need the first one. The first one was annoying enough. Sucked at wrestling. Was a big fat ass. Had with a fork. Breasts. <laughs> we got more breasts, but now we got like rolls on uh, his side. It's
0: so gross. It's gross. Like this guy needed to get ironed. Yeah. <laughs> That's how wrinkly he is. Yeah, and it's, it's bad. So he throws a fire stick around. He's fighting Steve Wild Thing Ray, which I think we remember from another show. The other Steve in this company. Yeah, the other Stevie Ray. Yeah. And he like walks into the crowd crowd instead of the ring yeah
1: he's like hey everyone and then he just decides to like go like deep into the crowd where the camera can't even like find him anymore meanwhile fatso's in there like fatting it up he's somehow smaller than abdul the butcher but like he has more like fat layers or something i I don't know how else to
0: describe it he's less girthy but he's more like elastic
1: yeah (laughs) i feel like i could put like magazines in between each of his rolls Hope you enjoy the hard-hitting quality
0: analysis we do of wrestling. (laughs) So the camera work, speaking of cameras,
1: is hideous. So the hard camera is, like, in the corner of the room. Yeah, you can't see one of the ring poles. Like, it's so bad. The ring's not even all
0: in the frame.
1: And not even that, the hard camera is, like, fuzzy. It's, like, it's probably got that Vaseline that was on Herb, like, when when it was found or whatever. It's, like, on that but only on that camera when they go to the other ones it's nice it's and fine, clear yeah.
0: yeah it's like the hard camera got bumped and they never fixed it or something that's what it looks like it's <laughs> like awful
1: some, somebody's like face hit it you yeah. know what i mean and like it's got like the smudge, smudge. yeah <laughs> so you said to me a very good question how could bruno watch this and think it's like better than the wwf he's ridiculous cuz he's putting this over yeah. like <laughs> its actual quality anything it's so <laughs> below like the WWF, WCW, a, AWA, like, at the time. Global. Global. Like, anything we've ever Nawa. reviewed. Yeah, like, one. Anything we've ever reviewed, this is worse. Worse like, than the, quality-wise. Worse like, than episode 10 of UWF. Yes. What happened? <laughs> it's worse. How? It got worse. How? It's unbelievable.
0: And then Bruno's, like, parodying himself because, like, they're, the whole <laughs> match here, and I hesitate to call it a match, <laughs> The announcers and I hesitate to call them announcers. Yeah, are making fun of uh, Muhammad the Butcher and Bruno's like, look at the pecs.
1: <laughs> uh, Thirty-two ways. But look at the pecs. I meant to say the pecs. Yeah, they remind me of my pecs. Like they are. They cannot control them. This is the most unprofessional. They're not calling the match. They're no. just making jokes. They're about, like giggling. Yeah, they're like. <laughs> like they're just making fun of how like the roles like I said that could like probably like fold magazines <laughs> inside them and like they're just it's so it's gross really bad but it's really kind of funny too to hear Bruno yeah, being not unper- being serious yeah it's it's actually quite impressive. I've never heard him like this that's rare for him and but that shows you how shitty this is well, because
0: the match literally folks. They're just wandering around the ring, like, slapping each other. It's one of those where (laughs) nothing is going on. Literally nothing. Albano has a good line. He's like, the last time he dropkicked someone, he broke his ankles, which is kind of (laughs) funny. Yeah, that was pretty funny. Nothing about this is good, though. And and because we needed a rest hold from all the action here, the butcher here goes into a (laughs) Vulcan nerve pinch. Yeah, the the, the mark of all fat wrestlers.
1: Bruno references Jack LaLanne. Yeah, what? He's not even... In he the early juicer. 90s. He had a juicer, cool. No, but he had the juicer, but that was like in the 50s. In the early 90s, the only remnant of the Jack LaLanne empire was like his gyms, right? Didn't he have the juicer in the 90s? I he remember the no, infomercials. He, he didn't. The juicer was prior. It was 80s? like in the 80s or okay, something. Okay. He had eyebrows too, the weird eyebrows. I know this because there was a Jack LaLanne where we used to live. I know. My grandfather yeah. used to go to it. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> right. My mom used to go well, to it. making fun of him. So, my point is is that was literally all that was left of Jack LaLanne. He was probably like 92 in 1991 did he when did he die in the 90s I think he died. He was or like 2000s. over 100 years old when he died. He I mean, a long time. It was his claim to fame. He better die after 100 years old because he claimed how
0: healthy he was. That's true. So if you notice, folks, there's nothing going on in the ring. There's also like 187 people here, maybe, and none of them care. I don't know how they're here.
1: I don't know. Yeah. How do you even find out
0: that this exists? Is this a soup kitchen? Is this a homeless shelter? Like, What are we doing? I don't know how they
1: sold this to people.
0: I don't know if they did sell it. I think they just said, here, come in here. <laughs> do you think they had to pay people to <laughs> come in? It's
1: very dark. I can't
0: tell who's <laughs> (laughs) in there later we get to
1: see the stands a little bit
0: and there's like literally no one there no it's bad so then wild thing shoots butcher with a fire extinguisher yes he just like sprays him with a fire extinguisher what is this
1: ecw
0: the ref is okay with it to the point where even bruno's like yeah it looks like the referee okay with it (laughs) yeah (laughs) what
1: he blew away with the extinguisher and the referee says that's fair one two three well, he yes the referee was looking the other way when he used it the cloud but the, the cloud was so sulfur, big or whatever like the, ref, the ref turns around and he's just like I guess this is okay <laughs> like it's like I don't know where this cloud came from where the fuck do you think there's only one thing that makes a cloud like that it's a fucking fire extinguisher <laughs> by the way Craig keeps calling him Abdullah the Butcher, <laughs> Boy, Abdul not the a butcher. Smoke this match. oh yeah Duel of the butcher. I have to give Craig a pass here. I don't because, come on, man, it's the same freaking thing. Like it is. It, it can we just like. Just call a spade a spade here. Yeah, I guess so. So Wild Thing
0: throws fake Jimmy Hart onto the butcher as we hard cut away to an advertisement for the UWF Rumble at the Mount St. Michael's Academy yes. in the Bronx. <laughs> yes, You get to see such great matches like Steve Williams versus Steve Ray. Mm-hmm. What about an appearance by S.D. Jones?
1: Who cared about S.D. Jones <laughs> in 1991? In 1991. How is he still wrestling? <laughs> he he was sucked in 1982. And he uh, and he's here. He's not an attraction. What is he gonna put his stupid coat on with all the like, <laughs> like the markers or road signs on? You remember that that dumbass coat he used to wear? He's a mailman.
0: What was his gimmick? That's why he was Delivering things Special, S- special delivery I hate it Let's go to a commercial Where a guy is digging a hole To make a stadium So he can see more sports He can't find the sports What is
1: this Mike Francesa He'll get you the sports anyway way that he can <laughs> He'll get you the sports anyway that he can <laughs> Like this guy is literally Looking for the sports He's like If I build an arena get In get my backyard sports. The sports will come But you know what The actual
0: answer is Quinn It's to get the sporting news
1: Oh so he can read about Scott Keith and all that right
0: <laughs> Yeah Yeah So a guy in a phone booth now needs to switch back to AT&T. So does some fuzzy
1: haired girl and various other people. That's right. Switch back to AT&T, you assholes. The phone wars of the early 90s. If you know, AT&T was forced to split all its baby bells up into like regular companies that were not, you know, loyal to AT&T, like MCI and all that bullshit. Sprint. if you know anything about that. So ATT is fighting back the competition by saying like, oh, they'll fuck your bill up. It's like, like the billionaire yeah.
0: Ted skits. Yeah, <laughs> but no, but it's
1: like really dire serious. Yeah. And there's like three of the same style ads in a row. They like locked up this three minute slot or yeah, whatever it is. Bad. Yeah,
0: They're very desperate. They're like, no, call now and switch
1: back. We'll switch you back for free. That's you it. don't Just have to deal back, with please. that crappy <laughs> phone service. Like, you know where you belong and it's ATT. It's very, very Bizarre how like adamant
0: they are about it If you miss dealing with AT&T It's easier than ever to come back
1: Just call 1-800-582-5100 Right now And we'll switch you back for free
0: So anyway we have Sonny West versus Brian Blair
1: Who still has his B attire Nobody gives a flying fuck about B. Brian Blair, nor do they give a jumping fuck about Jim Bronzell. So why would I want to watch them separately? Well, apparently
0: they still were. This is a funny thing. A tag team here called Masked Confusion, even though Brian Blair is clearly not wearing a mask.
1: Wait, Masked Confusion? That's what they were
0: called. Oh, I thought they were Masked Confusion. That's a better name. No, no, no. Masked. Like MAS. But they don't have the mask. Correct, but their previous WWF gimmick when they did have the mask. Right.
1: Remember that? In yes, like 80 I remember it. It was really stupid. And that was called the mask confusion. Why? they should have just always been the killer beast like that's a cool name they were a fun tag team i I never both of those things you said are questionable but no but they were they were okay uh... that's fair west
0: here Sonny west looks like louis anderson
1: oh (laughs) Ah, family
0: boy i know he really is yeah so bruno of course just to further the parody that we do he's like ah he's not as well conditioned as brian blair but i don't think he's quite he looks quite as well conditioned as b brian blair
1: (laughs) <laughs> Always back to the condition, but no Vince. Uh, a good condition, Craig, or Lou, <laughs> whoever. Oh, I'm yeah. living. They exchange hammerlocks because,
0: you know, this ma- the wrestling aspect of this they really matters here. Yeah, yeah. Brian with a big clothes on and then a body
1: slam, then a big suplex as the ref, like, falls down. Yes, so he suplexes him, right, but he's clearly, like, not going for a pin. The ref decides, I'm going down for the pin! But, like, he just, like, jumps down and, like, falls on his ass. <laughs> Way too like, dramatically. Yeah, and, like, they just don't even go for the cover.
0: <laughs> and then... You know what's weird here is Bruno. Actually, I'm not surprised. Bruno's somehow carrying the commentary. Why not hot, Bruno? Yeah, you know, I have to explain that hot Bruno. What that means? <laughs> That's their way of the confidence to say that Bruno, with in other words, hot news.
1: He's well, like somebody trying. has to because yeah. Craig is so bad, and Lou is
0: useless. I like yeah. Lou Albano in general as a manager, a heel manager. He should he not be here. He's useless here. He's just rambling. Just
1: had Herb again.
0: I liked Herb as an yeah. announcer. I don't care that Meltzer and the Observer voted Herb worst announcer for 1990. I He's get it. He Cared. I get. Yeah, he cared. He was the Vince McMahon of this little fledgling I think Craig promotion. George is worse. He's horrible. And Herb <laughs> running clothesline by Blair. Then a yucky looking sleeper by Brian Blair gets the win. It's
1: awful. awful. Like the the sleeper victory and Bruno going on and on. About, oh, the arteries, the <laughs> arteries. Just shut up. And
0: then, like and then Blair massages west here and then punches him does he have to wake him up and then they're like walking around like there's too much focus
1: on the post-match antics of the sleeper it's because they had nothing they had nothing there was no wrestling on this show which you'll find out later
0: yes exactly we hard cut away (laughs) this is the second of the hard cuts because you got to go to that bronx show at the st michael's academy that you have to be awesome uh, buy a '66 Mustang, one <laughs> to twenty
1: four scale. A ludicrous, a absolutely <laughs> ludicrous advertisement for it. It's long, a one to twenty four scale, '66 Mustang, the car that did it all <laughs> and all this crap. It shows like a stupid goon, like putting like f- it fake Rick Moranis. Yeah, it's like a, like a Rick Moranis Jr. like putting the car together. He's like, eh, look at my car, and and like they show. I kid you not. They showed every single individual part to this car. Unassembled, yes. With all the time they had. Yes. Like, it was insane.
0: The door's open and close, the steering wheel works. It's got a spare tire in
1: the trunk. Why would you need that?
0: I don't know Do you want to know how much it costs. It costs $29.50 for three months. That's how they worded it.
1: $90! Plus, plus shipping and handling on each <laughs> individual <laughs> payment. Yeah, why? why? What are you shipping the money? what the hell
0: I also know this though no fucking CODs yeah n- don't ever dare don't, don't try. you ever dare <laughs> don't even try don't even also nobody cares about hockey yeah a bunch of hockey stuff nobody <laughs> cares. cares ask the wrestlers that's right Sheila Hall wants to know if Brian Blair will ever wrestle Dr. Death and what does he think of him you ever wrestle Steve Dr. Death Williams and what do you think of his wrestling tactics who cares he's a great wrestler <laughs> but he uses eye gouges but yeah, he'd wrestle him. He he's good. They're both good and he he would be able to keep up with Dr. Death. Then we get another weird hard cut, the like hardest you said. of cuts. The hardest yeah. of cuts. Go to that fucking Bronx show, damn you it!
1: Better go. What is this? The fourth <laughs> time know. already? There's more too to come. Just as a warning, folks, this is insane. We had a commercial, commercial,
0: commercial. Ask the wrestlers. You know what? No Bronx show. Yep. <laughs> what the hell is going on here? So Captain Lou is randomly now just in the middle <laughs> this of the whole ring.
1: Whole segment, and, he, and he's like, "Here we oh, go. Let's hear
0: it for Bruno and Craig De George." And everyone's like,
1: <laughs> "Yeah, it's like, now. Let's hear it."
0: Let's hear it for Bruno and Greg the George. Hey! Come on one more time. Hey! So he brings out the very fat Mr. Ed, as he keeps calling, him, but it's really Mr. Red. Right. Mr. It, Red. Does it matter? No. So Herbie now wanders in too. what the fuck are we watching? I don't know. This is this is one of the weirdest segments I've ever seen. This is where we see the rows and rows of the empty seats, like rows of empty seats. I think there's tons, like people tons. in
1: the first and second row and that's it. Yeah. Everything else, yellow chairs as yes. far as the eye can see.
0: It's awful. Now you said to me, Quinn, that Mr. Red here looks like a fat
1: Bobby Eaton. Yeah, he's fat Eaton. Maybe it- like Bobby Eaton. By the way, (laughs) why is he called Hmm. Mr. Red? The only red thing about him is his bow tie. That's a good question, actually.
0: I'm not sure. So basically, this segment here in the ring is Captain Lou and Mr. Red arguing about who owns the Captain's Corner because apparently Captain Lou has a contract that runs out on March 7th, 1992. Yeah, now Bobby
1: Eaton here, (laughs) he says that his income has quadrupled because he purchased this you know, show, like his right? His income of a dollar, right? Right. right like right. what? How how much money does this guy think this segment produces? The whole premise is confusing because basically,
0: Mister Red is is affirming that he bought Captain's Corner. Herbie, who owns the promotion, like right. on screen, right? He owns it. He's like, no, you didn't.
1: Captain Lou Albano has a contract till 1992. No, 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 no. Here's the thing. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. Herbie says, no, you he didn't. Here's the thing. The only money I can deduce that Red would ever make here is from the sponsors, right? Yeah. But the sponsors are Herb selling his Bronx show and beach blast <laughs> programs and. T-shirts hot and all shit, like yeah, and hot Bruno line. So, like, <laughs> that's the only money you could ever make off this, and it's it's just like cyclical anyway because they're all part of the same promotion.
0: This is something because <laughs> they argue and argue about this back and forth. Herb says irrocably, which is not a <laughs> word. It's... Yeah,
1: irrocably.
0: And then you said to me, "This is where Quinn says this is the worst show I've ever seen." It's
1: when I said that. The worst stuff didn't even happen. Yeah. And we're we're already past the
0: threshold of worst thing. This real. And I'm going to agree with Quinn out of every single thing. And I do mean this, folks. We've been doing a review since episode number 11. Mm -hmm. This was the worst thing we have ever reviewed. And here comes some more of why. Yes. So Herbie pushes Mr. Red here. And then Captain Lou beats him up. And then we suddenly fade. Not Not, a glitch in the tape. (laughs) Not a hard cut. Not a hard cut. Not YouTube messing up. And this is on YouTube if you want to look for it. Someone in the truck. Someone in the control room. An editor. A director. Someone decided this is a good time (laughs) to fade to a match in progress.
1: (laughs) Yes, with no warning.
0: With no warning where Super Ninja is fighting someone.
1: All right, Mr. Red working on the neck of uh, Pongo. And what is the referee doing? He's concerned with Super Ninja. Who's Super Ninja? They didn't even tell us about this. And Mr. Red is at ringside distracting the ref? But the thing is, they faded from Red getting his ass handed to him. And the way the fade is done, it's like Red teleports to beating up some jobber. From outside the ring It's really Really weird
0: So we see that For about a minute And then we jump cut Now Mr. Ed is in the ring And he's not even looking At a pongo. He's taking a beating Check them out To see if they're Worthy to keep the dude up Yeah and yeah. then we get another cut! And now Herbie's announcing! This, this I guy I is hurt. No, this oh, sure. guy is hurt. Whoa, look at... He, he just hit the, the referee in the face! What is going on here? This is like the last scene in Goodfellas where Henry Hill has to do, like, the, the sauce and everything like yeah. that, and he's also doing the cocaine and the girl and the connection in the Pittsburgh. I told my brother to keep an eye on the stove. All day long, the poor guy has been watching helicopters and tomato sauce. So the
1: carrot Karen the
0: sauce. You see, I had to drive over to Sandy's place, mixed
1: the stuff once and then get back to the gravy this could only have been edited by somebody on cocaine yeah there's no other explanation <laughs> and it just goes to show that now at like 45 or whatever the hell episodes we're at herb has gone from you know semi-professional yeah, it was eccentric okay. owner of a company to like off the rails like bat shit crazy yeah. cocaine fiend absolutely who's in charge of a wrestling show
0: that's the perfect description Quinn yeah. that's what we're looking at here In the meantime, in the ring, Super Ninja punches the ref who takes an awful bump, and then Herb uh, on commentary randomly says that he's sickened by this. So he goes to the ring, he suspends Mr. Red, and then Mr. Red attacks him. Then the ref keeps getting beat up. Then a guy in a yellow jacket named Lenny Douche
1: (laughs) (laughs) Douche. gets him Lenny Douche with the UWF holding him back. He had to rewind that because we did not think that that could possibly be real. (laughs) But it is a guy in a yellow Yellow coat named Lenny Douche. Lenny Douche with the UWF holding him back. So Herb Lenny <laughs> douche mm-hmm. <laughs> Herb
0: starts grappling with Mr. Red all the way to the outside, like Herb's like winning. Herb is winning the fight. <laughs> what? <And> what? Then, <laughs>
1: hard cut to the Fury Hour title card while some announcer under it is like, whoa, Nelly! Uh, yeah, literally uh, he's not making Joe is not exaggerating. He literally goes like Whoa, Nelly, look at this action. <laughs> we'll be right back whoa nelly stay with us i thought like this was gu- gonna say something like this was too violent or, yeah right right no it just says like whoa nelly stick with us like <laughs> what
0: subscribe to road and track magazine and if you want to meet new friends call the singles connection it's five dollars for the first minute yeah but you can meet
1: a sandy whatever she <laughs> with is with the cowardly lion hair yeah with the big big
0: 80s hair <laughs> and then we get a nightmare on elm street Freddy's dead trailer Yeah, I'm not
1: sure which one. I feel like that was the one where Jason maybe was at the end, but somebody's probably going to correct me. You might be right. Because I know that was teased like a decade before they even did it. I'll tell you this, Quinn. If there was ever anything to make
0: the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, especially the 1990s version, feel like a professional outfit. It was watching UWF. Oh, yeah. This <laughs> ad fit right in because
1: <laughs> you, Nightmare on Elm Street is higher production quality and it, it's pretty bad itself. Yeah, than it is. This show by a long oh shot. Oh, my gosh.
0: Also, you can call the Sports Channel Hotline. I don't know why you'd want to. What, they, more, what do they do? You need more sports. What is, like, why?
1: What they sh- should have told the guy who was digging the arena thing <laughs> yeah, to call that also. The, yeah, because he got the sporting news. He got to read about Scott Keith. But yeah. He needs more fucking sports. He needs all the so call sports. that hotline.
0: That's right. Now we just cut to Herbie interviewing Mr. Red with Lil' Bano. This
1: this is insane. On so, the Love Connection set, yes, apparently. That's what I was just gonna say. The set is I swear it's the it's Love similar, Connection. Yeah. Like it, it looks exactly the same.
0: But this is what's weird. So first of all, Mr. Red is with Super Ninja. Super Ninja's his bodyguard, fine. Right. He's but standing he's behind him comically the with whole time. A sword. With a sword. Well, he's a ninja.
1: That's good. The sight. It's good. The sight of red in a chair counting money. It's amazing. With sunglasses on and a red bow tie. Yes. And a tux. Yes. With sneakers. Yes. And a ninja Mm -hmm. with a sword. Yeah. Is insane. I know. It's wrestling. It's like a cocaine fever dream. It's amazing. It's so in, bad. In a, like, whitish room on top of that. It's like, bizarre. Yeah.
0: Because after this whole brawl, right, and the whoa, Nelly, and all this, now they're all, like, civil with each other, and they're interview. So it's clearly out of sequence, yeah. which they comment on. But so, again, we have the same damn argument about yes. who owns... Captain's Corner.
1: Which we just had to deal with for like five minutes. Right. But get this, we're about to deal with it for much longer. Oh my God. So as Mr. Red
0: argues back and forth with Herbie and Albano about how Mr. Red's going to. By the UWF, there is nothing good about this. Like, and what I mean is, you can do a chaotic thing it, right. if you do it right. It's very entertaining. Look at the Raw from '97 we talked about. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's a great. That's a great chaotic thing. But it it seems like choreographed and like they knew like okay, this guy's gonna come out next here and, he and then
0: hits. this. This is babbling. This is literally. Two very annoying voices, yep. let alone Herbie. He's funny. But Lou Albano's loud, annoying voice. Mr. Red. And Mr. Red's loud, annoying voice. Just yelling shit
1: back and forth. There's it's no... Painful. It, it's, just like said, disagree, it's just like they said, you guys disagree, say stuff. I got the brain to a got his brain in a pigeon and they fly backwards! Look at him! You're disgusting! Look at the BB eyes! And then, like, that's all that happened. They're just... They're throwing... N- just crap at each other they're not telling a story they're not going anywhere yeah, no it. it's just yelling they're just like you're fat i don't like you you're like, fat i'm gonna buy this yeah. no you're not yes i am no re- you're fat they're you're re- fat. yeah they're repeating things i don't like
0: your shoes i don't like your tux you're fat yeah
1: they literally yeah for 12 minutes 12 freaking minutes inexcusable joe absolutely inexcusable This is why this is the worst show we have ever seen. Yes. This should never have aired. Ever. Ever. It's so bad. This is on a cable channel. They had an hour on television, on cable television, and they wasted 12 minutes of our time with commercials (laughs) on this
0: bullshit. Let alone the other five or six or eight from the in-ring segment.
1: Yeah. All it is is an argument about who owns something. That's it. And it's a very minuscule thing in the grand <laughs> scheme of things. Captain thing. It's an unprofitable segment <laughs> of a television show that nobody watches. Why would you want to own it anyway? I don't know. What are you going to reach seven people? <laughs> Why is there garbage on the floor? Yes, just to, to, so this this nice eighties room, yeah. like it looks like somebody's living room in that, the eighties, though. Like when if they got it redone, like mm-hmm. they got a nice new pink carpet and all this. Yeah. There's just trash on the floor and like like two pieces of trash conveniently like in the middle of the floor. Yeah, how did nobody just say like, oh. hey, can you just clean that up for a second? Like no. it's. Two pieces. I could run onto the set and pick them up and run out in three seconds. While the
0: camera's not like on someone else, right? On a close-up camera or something. Lou finally says the best line of the night. Get him out of here.
1: Yeah, get the hook, he (laughs) says. (laughs) You get the hook. I'm saying get the hook on all of it. I know. You can say what you want to, but you're out of work. You're out of work. Get him out of
0: here. You're out of work. Then we hard cut, of course, why not, to the title card again while the announcer says, this was taped before the attack on Abrams. The segment you've just seen was taped prior to the attack on promoter Herb Abrams. So why not the <laughs> fuck run it before it? <laughs> I don't get it. Why did they run it backwards? It's insane. Why was it all jump cut and all, oh my god. Subscribe to Car and Driver Magazine. <laughs> you can get 12 issues for nine ninety seven. dollars The calming... Tones of the car and driver ads and how many phone numbers are on this? Singles Connection is next. Yeah, you know what? Also, if you're on a sting operation (laughs) in the police force, you'd better have fucking good deodorant, you You asshole. By the way, they're operating
1: phones too. And if (laughs) you are, I have to say, it makes total sense. The smartest people in all of this were the AT and T. Oh yeah, because with all the there's phone numbers for absolutely everything. There's phone numbers on the show. There's just phones everywhere. AT&T is really the number one profiteer of UWF clearly. Absolutely. Yeah. You know what Quinn why don't you call the UWF power line, and you can talk to Paul Orndorff <laughs> and Colonel De Beers. No. Okay. I never wanted to talk to Colonel De Beers. <laughs> I, the only sucks. reason I'd want to talk to Paul Orndorff is to ask him about his arm. <laughs> That's the only thing. All right. Well, why don't you buy the uh, UWF merchandise, such as night shirts and golf shirts and cocaine? Oh, no. <laughs> yes. I, I was, like, kind of stunned that cocaine wasn't, like, at the bottom of the list. I know. It might have
0: been, actually. I'm yeah. not sure. Quinn, why don't you run down the
1: current UWF ratings, please? Okay, so... First of all, I have to say this about these ratings. They just say TV champion Steve Williams. Is there not a world champ? There's just a television champion? That's it? I guess so. Okay, well, here's the ratings. Steve Williams, obviously the champion. Sure. The number one contender, Steve, Wild Thing, right? Another Steve. So they're going to have a Steve versus Steve match, clearly, next. Number two, Paul Orndorff. Mm-hmm. Number three, Bob Orton. Of course. In 1991. Why not? Number four... Brian Blair <laughs> oh, oh he was horrible yes his sleeper is sleeper's gonna win him the TV <laughs> title well it's just the TV title still now Terry Gordy okay how how is he I, I don't even... know he's there well he was the executioner after this right nobody yeah, like five years after this I we didn't even show him on this no that's weird okay now on to page two number six Colonel De Beers <laughs> Ew. he should be number a hundred shouldn't he, even be here yeah number seven. Ivan Koloff. Why? I didn't know he wasn't retired by this point. Sad. Number eight, Jim the Animal, not Anvil. This is like where we get into creator wrestler yeah, territory. The cause are coming. <laughs> number nine, the Fire Cat. Who? No. And number ten, the Dynamite. No, sorry, not the Dynamite Kid. Dynamite David Perry. <laughs> Who? What a threatening name.
0: Who? Hi, I'm, I'm David Perry I don't know Also official Is spelled wrong Yeah a fickle <laughs> it
1: O-F-F-I-C-A-L it At is. the top of the screen In big letters
0: You're right Bigger than all the names So let's go to a backstage Interview finally uh, With a dork that says This is Frankie
1: This is Frankie Backstage <laughs> No last name, I, just Frankie. This is Frankie. He's with... I Because this show just needed this. <laughs> Luna! Luna Vachon! But not the Luna we know She's, and love. She, she, her hair. She just
0: looks sixty. Why
1: well, does she okay, look so no, old? Her hair right yes remember bonnie brownstone or whatever Blackstone. blackstone What do you always say <laughs> sorry that? bonnie blackstone right remember her yes it's like a longer bigger puffier version of bonnie's hair from the clip that's on our boards it is yeah you're right and she's with a very strange team that looks
0: really stupid called the black hearts and then she's just saying like luna shit like god is an
1: astronaut first of all god is an astronaut she's just saying like, stuff just like no context to any of it too it's just she's just saying things to get a rise out of like anybody who you know believes something that they care about right it's
0: really just stupid it's really stupid so after her whole like soliloquy here frankie is just like but what do you mean (laughs) tell me exactly what do you mean then we get a commercial for Crazy Calls. This oh, this is great! Is the Believe It or Not George isn't at home now? <laughs> yeah, like if you want this for yourself, yeah. you buy this stuff and it's like weird answering machine messages. Basically, yes, it's
1: it, it literally is that thing. Believe it or not, <laughs> yeah. George is not home. <laughs> but like all these other these weird ass ones, Joe, you're gonna have to like oh, put it'll a clip be hard. Of that in because so, the be ones heard. that they play are insane. They really
0: are. They're really insane. You know that
1: I'm at the fiesta. I will call when I take a siesta. So when you hear the beep, then you basta. How could I call if you don't leave your name? Give a gift if of gap to your answering you, machine with Crazy Calls, the new
0: generation. By the way, no CODs flashes on the screen oh, in this case. Oh, t-
1: Big they're really upset about the
0: CODs <laughs> No here. COD don't. Just, don't. Just don't. But I do have a very important question. Are you getting all the golf you want? (laughs) I don't know. They might have to ask that guy
1: in building the arena in the back of his... (laughs) Because if you're not, why don't you get Golf Week magazine? (laughs) You can get four free issues. Who gives away a month's (laughs) worth of issues? I I mean, I'm assuming it's weekly. And not only that, you can find out about college golf. (laughs) Who watches college... College golf. <laughs> you want to watch me at the, the local course? Because you can, I, I wonder if I'm covered Tamarack? in golf. Yeah, golf weekly or whatever the hell this is. Michael Quinn scored 120. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you also buy the uh, Beach Brawl book yeah. while you're at again, it? Again,
0: again. Also get that VHS cassette. All right, mm-hmm. next week, it sounds like a better show. You get Steve Maybe. W- <laughs> Steve Williams. <laughs> Steve Ray And I swear the announcer says this Unfortunately (laughs) Another match Involving Mr.
1: Red Even the announcer's like This guy sucks (laughs) Come on And unfortunately Another match Involving Mr. Red And the return of Dangerous
0: Dan Spivey Lives are gonna be in Danny Spivey's (laughs) hands But most of all Herb
1: Abrams
0: (laughs) Will have information About the possible arrival Of the Ultimate Warrior And Herb Abrams will have information
1: of the possible arrival to the UWF of the Ultimate Wire! (laughs) You know all this is, is the dirt sheets... They had probably said after SummerSlam, we'd have to ask Conrad about this because he reads The Observer. uh, Oh, right, yeah. But I'm assuming the dirt sheet said, you know, the Warrior had the dispute with Vince, so Herb's like, I'm going to get the Ultimate Warrior. He just says (laughs) it. like There's no, like, he probably never even spoke to him (laughs) ever. In
0: 1991, the Ultimate Warrior left the WWF. What say you? Chat me up about what happened there. (laughs) So anyway... That's the show. But of course, don't forget to go to the Rumble at St. Michael's Academy. Only the
1: UWF could end with more ads before they say goodbye. Exactly. Yeah. And a new ad buy Bruno's book. Yeah. Bruno's book. Great. Oh
0: my goodness! Well, get it in Bruno's yard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised Larry Sabisco didn't ride Bruno's coattails oh, to this man. place. Well, luckily he had a job. <laughs> yeah, he actually <laughs> had a real job. Time. So. so, why is Bruno like so high and mighty? Like I don't like Vince. Yeah,
1: Herb Abrams is much more stand up. That guy, as bad as <laughs> Vince McMahon was at certain points in his life. Yes, this is a man that is. <laughs> Legitimately crazy. Absolutely. And out of his freaking mind. This was embarrassing.
0: Well, that was UWF Fury Hour number forty five. Thank you, Brian J. Rochester. We are never doing UWF Fury. UWF
1: again. Banned. officially I this can't do must, this again. This has to be the first show the first promotion we have banned. It is. And you know
0: what? The only way I'll do it is if it becomes a Patreon tier. Yeah. <laughs> It'll
1: be a Patreon if, okay, reward. If, I will say this. If we make it to some, like, amount on yeah. Patreon, maybe we'll, we'll do Maybe this. we'll do all the UWFs I'll or do the someday. pay-per-views. Yeah, <laughs> I don't,
0: I'll do beach brawl.
1: Yeah. But I'm not doing it for free. But, folks, we
0: appreciate you tuning in each and every week to listen to us romp about the world of retro wrestling. Believe it or not, next week, December 4th, is our season six finale, episode number 60. Wow. Now, be an action-packed two-hour-plus special. Some great topics. We will conclude our foundational series. Mm-hmm. We'll have a very interesting Rushmore and Death Valley. And if all works out, Maybe we'll get something in the mail to review. And also, fortunately, there won't be
1: any Mr. Red on it.
0: Thank the Lord. No Mr. Red. But folks, thank you so much for everything. If you want, check us out on Twitter at OVP Podcast. Join the Facebook group if you haven't yet. And of course, you can go to patreon.com slash OVP Podcast if you want to donate. Have a good rest of your day, though, and have a good rest of your week. Have a good rest of November. We will see you next month, Monday, December 4th, for episode number 60. See ya. Are you getting all the golf you want? You want more? More than TV? More than magazines? Sounds like you're ready for Golf Week. Golf Week gives you more golf news than any publication in the world. More on the pros. More tours. With more scores. More stats. More stories. Call Golf Week now to start your four free issues. Just call the number you see on your screen right now. Call now for more amateur golf, national, regional, local, more college golf. Call now to start with four free issues. If you don't want any more, just cancel and pay nothing. Or take another twenty-two. 22- when you stop. Off?